Hi, welcome to the show about Fraser toss toss salads and beans and stuff. <laughs> I'm your host, Diana. I have I'm, another host here. That's me. I'm I'm Dave. And then our other host with the most Beetlejuice. <laughs> Can't say his name more than that though. <laughs> I hope you know I am using this as the intro. I'm not going to do an intro now. What? You did it. No. Mm-hmm. All right. Talk about what app this is. It's episode 904, The Return of Martin Crane, which is interesting because the previous episode was The First Temptation of Daphne. It's two episodes in a row that are the blank of character. Strange. Well, the next one, the next one isn't like that. Well, it should be. It should be the entire season. The entire season. They're mm-hmm. just making up characters well, after you know, a while. The previous episodes were both called The Dawn Juan of Hell. Mm-hmm. They weren't. It's not what it was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, talk about the things. Um, okay. So I think they always, the Martin episode, I feel like they always use the crane thing, the little lift. <laughs> uh-huh. Or it happens a lot. Construction crane thing? Yeah. Yeah. It's 21 minutes and 39 seconds, so like more normal time. Yeah, back to a normal time. Uh, who's the writer? Uh, so there's two writers on this one. They're Dan O'Shannon and Bob Daly, who- Oh, no. Well- <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I just say oh no every to every writer. Reckon, just every, every writer is just oh no yeah, writer. If, if you recognize the name, you're like oh no. But like I know you do remember that like we generally like this show, right? So no, usually I've forgotten. You, actually, I have forgotten. Usually, if you recognize an episode, it's because we like it. A writer. I don't know. Should we keep talking about the writers? I we should. I think now that we I feel like I'm we're being unfairly hard on them and I don't I I, want I'm very thankful to the writers of the show yeah yeah. and even if we don't like a particular episode it's like nothing really personal against those writers because all we know is this one thing and I honestly don't I don't know how much they're contributing I don't really know right we're we are judging from a very specific context in which is watching it in like 2019 Mm -hmm. you know the late 20 teens which you know gosh the troublesome years i'm just saying we're 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 watching it 15 20 years removed from when it actually came out you know we're watching it in the context of people that are very carefully analyzing it we've got different feelings about different things Sometimes we're going to not like a thing that maybe we wouldn't it's have just, been upset by. Yeah. And so I don't think it's if there is a writer that we consistently are like, I just don't like these episodes. And that's one thing. But like the the guy who wrote the Dr. Nora episodes also wrote some of our favorite episodes. So like that's like it just happens. You know, you're, you're putting out a lot of TV and sometimes there are things that we aren't going to like and we aren't going to like it partially based on our context. So. It's, you know, I th- but I do feel like it's important to talk about because I think you can see consistencies between mm. the writers and you can see 
themes. Mm -hmm. And I think that's interesting to think about. So Dan O'Shannon has written a few episodes and uh, at this point, and one of them is he wrote The Apparent Trap. Mm Mm-hmm. Which was when uh, Freddie tried to pretended to try to get yeah, Rolf yeah. and, and Fraser back together, and Fraser's Edge, which is the one that introduced Doctor Tuxbury, mm-hmm. and it was that like finale one. Mm-hmm. That and then Bob Daly wrote the New Friend, which was the one with Roz dating that guy yeah, on the yeah. houseboat wine club, the one, one about mm-hmm. the wine club, and the dog that rocks the cradle, mm-hmm. which was like the last time we saw Bulldog. But together, these two also wrote Sliding Frasers and Daphne Returns. We didn't like Sliding Frasers. We though. did like Sliding Frasers. Really? We did like Sliding Frasers. We did not like Daphne Returns because oh, right, 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 right. it was because Niles was such a jerk and was so upsetting in it. Yeah. Like that we were upset by that one. But yeah. So those are the things that they did together. Anyways, we're in the studio. We are in the studio. It's been quite a long time. It's, it's been a minute. It's been a minute since we've been to the um, studio. So Kenny is just always on the show, and mm-hmm. I just hate Kenny now. I just hate him. I wish he was not on the show. Also, why is... Okay. Yeah, I definitely think it's like a contractual agreement thing. Yeah. Because his story absolutely does not matter in this. Mm-hmm. That he even speaks is not relevant. Yes. Yeah. It's This is definitely... We have hired this actor, con- like, we've got a contract with this actor to be in this many episodes. We need to put him in an episode, put him in this one. Well, he sets up, I guess, the joke of Kenny's wife asked him to go buy her under things. Yeah. Which, why would you ask your husband to do something he's so incredibly embarrassed by? Because he shouldn't be. Because Yeah, like, I think that has a lot more to do with society. Yeah. Because, also, like, he obviously has some mannequin fetish. He does seem to have a mannequin fetish. Well, no. So we we've seen Kenny's like weakness around like mannequins, s- sex in general. Like his definitely like just lack of um uh, of self control and mm. like and how it just clearly takes over uh, his brain functions and so i think because his thing is like just being around women's under things he starts thinking man and wife thoughts as he puts it and then like so i think he i think it's just sort of like he gets very quickly influenced by that kind of stuff well the whole point is that he asked Roz to do it Roz doesn't want to do it Mm -hmm. fraser steps in to say well also kenny like threatens her with her like job or whatever which is yeah to be clear, every- super inappropriate. Yeah, everything I was saying was just meant to be like part of the context of because Kenny's terrible. Like, oh yeah, yeah. he is terrible in this. I hate this. Um, thing. but you know, Fraser steps in to say like that. Don't do that. Not cool. Yeah. Oh, don't ask your, you know, produ- Don't ask the producer to do this like errand for you. Yeah. And then ask Roz to do an errand for him. Right, yes. As, but I mean, Roz and Fraser are also friends. Mm-hmm. Kenny and Roz are not friends. No, they're not. I mean, if they are, it's something that happens off camera and makes zero sense. He's just asking her because she's a woman. But mm-hmm. I also love that she says she's not going to go to Victoria's Secret. That's like in the news right now as there's multiple Victoria's Secret stores closing. Oh, interesting. Like 85 stores. Oh, wow. And I believe that the CEO, somebody, some big person in charge, they just hired somebody new. 
So it might be like a new business plan. Mm -hmm. I follow like a lingerie blog. So Uh they're talking about this because this is like Victoria's Secret is sort of everyone knows that store. That's like the chain lingerie Mm -hmm. store. Yeah. So even if it's not your thing, it's like everyone knows about it. So it's like relevant to talk about, even Mm -hmm. though she's more interested in like independent, you know, kind of sellers as opposed mm-hmm. to like big chains but like it's relevant in the lingerie industry mm-hmm. and it's very interesting the talk surrounding this which mm-hmm. is that well a lot of people said the reason that the stores are closing is that they didn't hire trans models and they didn't hire like have more like plus size fat women modeling for them mm-hmm. and and people are like neither did any of these other stores mm-hmm. so that might be part that might be an important thing we should all be looking for like in our Mm -hmm. companies and you should support companies if that's important to you that do that but that's not why Mm -hmm. there's some other reason why like financially that they're doing that Mm -hmm. so that's the big talk that's going around about victoria's secret and super not relevant to this episode but i thought i would bring it up i will say if i had to guess i'm gonna very quickly because yeah Definitely not actually relevant to the episode, but if I had to guess, I would say a major influence is probably the simple fact that any Victoria's Secret I've ever been near or seen is gigantic in places where square footage is expensive and the number of customers per square foot is pretty low, usually, unless there's a big sale Well, it's happening. in malls, right. so... And a lot of I times, think malls are closing, aren't they? Well, malls are closing, but then there's also the fact that within the malls... A lot of times, uh, Victoria's Secret store is big enough to hold multiple other stores. Like, you can have yeah, yeah. two stores in the size of one Victoria's Which Secret. Which is funny because, like, in Boston, because places are just smaller, right. there's much smaller stores. Right. But a Victoria's Secret in those areas is still the size of two of those stores. No, not not the one I'm thinking of. The one... Okay. Well, I'm thinking of one that is that size. Because there's know. definitely one um, by Faneuil Hall, Quincy Market, that is very small. Okay. That one is. I'm just saying it's expensive rental space. It is. That they take up a lot of space for relatively But I think few it's customers. like a bigger financial thing. Oh, I'm but sure. I yeah. also think there's a conversation that needs to be happening there yeah, yeah. with brands in general. And I think that's important. Yeah. And I, I guess, you know, I'm... People should be thinking about that. Oh, sure. I think yeah, yeah. it's it's important. Mm-hmm. But um, also, the, Kenny wasn't even asking her to go to Victoria's Secret. He was asking her to go to Kmart, where so, they have sexy mannequins. <laughs> I think that's part of the joke. Is that like, no, they're just mannequins. They're just normal mannequins in like, yeah, wearing like jinkos or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Don't they have like? It's on jinkos. It's I, like I think it was jinkos. Yeah, they have. Ad- they no. have like an Adam Levine brand mm-hmm. at Kmart, or they did. And then um, Selena Gomez, I believe, right? Is that there? I don't know. You're asking me questions that like, there's no reason for we me went, to know. We went to Kmart a few times because there's a, a, like the one lone Kmart. Mm-hmm. And um, it's fun to go in there sometimes. Oh, there was a Sofia Vergara. I know one. there's that, but I thought there was also, maybe I'm thinking, maybe that's like Macy's. Whatever I stores I matter. rarely shop in. Yeah, um, my favorite category in Jeopardy, and um, <laughs> so yeah, the delivery guy shows up. Oh yeah, Frazier Tom. Ca- Wasn't is it Joe. Tom? Who the heck is Tom in the scene? Because I wrote Tom. 
Tom's the collar. We didn't even talk about the collar. You skip. We skipped right past oh, the collar. Yeah. yeah. We finally had a collar, and then we skipped it. Yeah. Okay, so Tom is married and having second thoughts, and he's literally calling from his wedding right now. Yeah, like I like that he's like wants to talk about you know, talk about the wedding because he's having second thoughts and cold feet, etc. And then you hear the wedding march start as he's decided to not stay with this we didn't person. Go, we didn't, I didn't walk down the aisle to the wedding march. Well, no, but clearly Tom is. And... Well, no, he's not. He's calling off the wedding. <laughs> well, well, I guess I'm assuming since he's the groom, he might just already be there. He might already be waiting down there. Yeah. Calling? That's so rude. Yeah. That's, yes. Yeah, it is. I mean, also, but Frazier, what Frazier is talking about here mm-hmm. about getting married and how it's the most important thing you can do. Mm-hmm. Um, is it? It okay? So, it's not as big of a deal as like going to like college or like grad school or something. So, in terms of like your romantic relationships, it's a pretty big moment. I think people think of it as a huge milestone, but I also think we don't live in the same society as like the nineteen like forties and fifties. Sure, yeah, or earlier. And I think like the concept of marriage now is kind of yeah, it's the norm. And I understand like it's this glamorized. It's a huge, huge, huge business. Mm-hmm. But I also think like getting. I don't know. Whatever. We don't get into it. But I, think, I, I just don't think it's a, it's a big of a deal. Because people live together now, right? We live yeah. together before we get married. Mm-hmm. And like some people have children before they get married. So it's not. It's just kind of a thing. It's like a legal thing. Yeah. Well, so that's what I was going to say is that like I feel like part of the issue is that if you choose to get married, the decision to not be married anymore is very difficult. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's there because, like, I know somebody that, who, like, I met as she was still going through a divorce, and it was like months and months and months, and it was an amicable divorce. Like, it was fine, but like, the actual just act of separating everything legally and like just to finally be done. Yeah, who gets what CD? <laughs> That's what I want to know. Mm-hmm. No, it was just like, you know, closing joint bank accounts and yeah, like yeah, yeah. like figuring out who owes who what for what things and like all these things. It just took what episode like, of the podcast do you get? <laughs> right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Who who owns which episodes? It was just like such an incredibly long process that like it's just a major legal decision. Like yeah. even if you don't think about the uh, emotional aspect, yeah, yeah, of it. yeah. So it's true. It is still a huge thing. But Fraser brings up this thing about time, temperance, and thought. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's a very interesting word choices he's bringing mm-hmm. up here, being temperance, which mm-hmm. I'm just going to say now is my word. <laughs> okay. Because I was just like, I don't know if I know really what temperance means. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's moderation in action, thought, uh, and feeling. Mm-hmm. It's restraint. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this is literally talking about monogamy. It has to be, right? Not necessarily. Why I, do you have to be restrained? Well, no, no. So I think, I think it's it's there are two potentially very unrestrained and like extreme actions that this person could be taking. One is the extreme action of having a bit of anxiety about getting married and choosing not to do it. And the other is being so excited about your relationship that you get married too quickly. Both are I things, think those are covered by thought. But I think they're also covered by temperance. It's it's like am I 
am I rushing into a decision? Am I rushing into a decision to not get married or am I rushing into the decision to get married? And by having a bit of temperance, you're taking that moment and saying like, am I going too far with the thing? And and if you decide to get married based on, if you make a calm, rational decision that getting married or not getting married is the right decision based on temperance in your actions, then you can say like, no, I feel like this is the right thing. But if you're just like, oh, I just got this idea and now I'm panicking and this is the thing. I got to stop or I get it or I'm so excited. I want to get married right now. Neither of those are, are tempered actions. Okay, that's true. So I think that's why temperance matters in this. Okay, because I was just thinking of it as your time, you know, like a lot of like when people talk about marriage is just like, I am holding on to this person so they will never have a life other than me. And I, I'm just like, maybe Fraser shouldn't be saying that because yeah. it's very, you should have other friends and have yeah, yeah. room outside of being with your significant other because that is smothering. Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't think that's what this is. I think it's don't rush into a thing. Okay, that's fair. Well, he's certainly not rushing into it as- Or we- he's rushing into canceling. I also think this is such a trope. This yeah. idea of cold feet, I but I think would be way more likely if you're getting married to someone very quickly, mm-hmm. unless you're really sure. And I think like, I also think it's different. If you're getting married to someone when you're like 60 years old, mm-hmm. you've lived a lot of your life. Right. And you probably have an awareness. I mean, I don't think everyone does, but I think like as you get older, you have more awareness of like, what you like, what you don't like, what you want, what you don't want, what your needs are. And I think, like, maybe a shorter amount of time would be more appropriate for mm-hmm. people that are older. Right. But I think it just depends person to person, mm-hmm. right? That I don't think it's necessarily all bad if you rush into something. Mm-hmm. But it's also, like, it's sort of an acceptance of, like, it's okay if it doesn't work. I think people don't mm-hmm. really talk about that. Yeah. Enough. Because people want to talk about like divorce a lot, Mm -hmm. but like in a bad way. And I'm like, maybe divorce isn't bad. Maybe it's an acceptance of it's okay. Yeah. But whatever. We've already gone off the rails too many times. Um, So now Joe, the delivery man's here. Cake with with a cake. With a cake, tiny cake, where, like, why is congrats just not good enough? I know Martin's going back to work. Mm -hmm. This is a special, but why does it need to? Couldn't it just say congrats, dad? Like, how small is this cake on a thimble? Well, if you think about it, like, so when he walked in, I was like, this looks like a delivery of, like, a dozen donuts. Maybe a dozen. I don't know if a dozen fits in this box, you know? Oh, no, no, no. Maybe donut holes. Yeah. Though, I will say, okay, this is the thing that- Do people put donut holes on a cake? Because I'm interested in that. (laughs) I'm sure somebody has. So, look, I know this is Dave ranting about trivia moment, again, I know it's a thing, but I need to talk about this thing, because he comes in and he delivers this cake in, in a pink box, right? Mm-hmm. Which just reminds me of this thing I, I read about where, because like- Where did in, you read it? I read about it originally on Cracked. It was all about how you always see, like, donuts and things like that delivered in these pink boxes on TV and in movies and stuff, and- like, no matter where the thing is set, you see them in these pink boxes. Well, that's because there was, like, these donut shops that are all owned by this, like, it was, uh, like, a network of people that all kind of, like, knew each other. And they were all had, like, bakeries and donut shops and such in California, in, like, But the they LA. weren't connected. They weren't directly connected, but they were, I, like, I feel like 
I'm, I'm pretty sure it was from it was a community of like a, of a particular group of immigrants that had all moved to LA around the same time and they knew each other like there was a there was a network because they all kind of lived in the same area or whatever and they one of them found a place that could make the boxes that everybody delivered the the stuff in the same white boxes right and they found a place that could make the boxes for slightly cheaper if they were delivered using if they were made with this pink like this pink cardboard instead, this pink like cardstock instead of the white cardstock. And so they started using that. And then everybody else found out that that's how they were getting it cheaper. And so they started buying it. And so all of the donuts and bakeries and stuff in the LA area started using these pink boxes. And thus that became the thing that every movie or TV show you saw, no matter where it was set, if it was made in LA used these pink boxes even though because people making those view that as the universal like that's how bakeries deliver stuff but most most bakeries in the rest of the country don't but but like tv producers view that as just what bakeries use well yeah you wouldn't know if that's where you live right you don't know so if it it could be set in new york boston florida seattle and they're going to use a pink box even though a lot of those places don't actually use the pink boxes yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he sends he sends Joe back. Yeah, sends Joe back to get that con- congratulations dad cake. Makes Roz go pick it up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <sighs> and some ice cream too. <laughs> right. Yeah. Because he's... she's like, "Why did you get the smallest cake?" And he's like, "Well, we were gonna have ice cream. Also, pick <laughs> that up." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I gotta say, I was definitely thinking the same thing about how like. That's a real small cake. When he said it was a cake, like the celebratory cake thing for... Well, okay. It's not like they're having an office party. You need like cake for 60 people. You don't need a huge cake. I know. I know you want to have an entire cake. I do want an entire cake. I'm just saying this is a small cake. That's what I'm getting for your birthday. You can (laughs) just have an entire cake. Yay. All right. You'll forget to eat it. (laughs) I won't. I'll eat some cake. Anyway, the next section. Next section. Beware lollygagging messengers. This title. Mm-hmm. So we're in Fraser's apartment. Mm-hmm. Niall shows up mm-hmm. and Daphne's there to answer the door, of course. Mm-hmm. And they have gifts for each other. Mm-hmm. Both tickets. Yeah, we're going to have a little gift of the Magi. Uh, so that. I love this moment. So mm-hmm. it's like, it was not that. They didn't like sell <laughs> hair, hairs. and So... Also, did she, like, in that, did she just, like, shave herself bald? Like, she has no hair to use the comb <laughs> with? That's what I, I... I mean, I think, yeah. Well, you would think that he would have seen that. Maybe she was wearing, like, a bonnet. I think it was on the same day. Yeah, but they're exchanging the gifts now, so yeah. he can see it right now yeah. that he blew it. I don't know. I don't remember the story. Okay, so uh, Niles has gotten Billy Joel concert tickets from a friend mm-hmm. of a friend of a friend of a friend or yeah, something like some that strings yeah and really then well. i love um daphne's gift where she's gotten him mongolian like music festival tickets which mongolian fest- throat singing well yeah but it's from yeah, yeah but yeah. it's like at the mongolian music festival yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. but it which to me would indicate mm-hmm. that there are multiple days and they also ask what day is this a well, concert Mm-hmm. is usually one or two dates. I would, you know, but like a festival is usually multiple days. Like, and he doesn't know when the festival is. Shouldn't he know? <laughs> Maybe he didn't know it was happening. He might not have heard about it. Well, it- it's also four solid hours of throat singing. <laughs> it sure is. 
I gotta say, like, I feel like nobody, like, I knew what throat singing was from a, like, a anthropology course that I had taken. I feel like most people I know didn't, had never heard of this, like, Mongolian throat singing. At this time, possibly not. I'm not sure. And, like, I remember, so it's really interesting to me watching this and thinking, like, they mention this throat singing thing a lot. They've mentioned it, like, a number of times on this show. I think this is the most referenced, like, repeated, this is the most repeated obscure reference on Frasier, I feel like. And I find it very interesting because I feel like most people had never Well, that's why it. it works so much as a reference. Yeah. But it's like, I, we have a friend that can do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but this that's recent. Like, he recently oh, yeah, started yeah. trying to do this thing. Yeah. But, like, I knew this in, like, the late 90s is when I took yeah, this course. I also and- knew about... I'd- there must have been some kind of news something about that. I mean, he was so there was a guy that does this on Letterman once. Maybe but I, that's how. But I, I saw remember it. like when that came on, thinking like, "Oh, interesting. Let's watch this thing because I know what this is, and I've never actually seen anyone do that's it." That's also around the time where there's that whole uh, South Park about it, where the like. Um, Peruvian like yeah, band flute thing. Yeah, 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 which okay, so I remember like going to Austin and there was like one of those bands playing and we totally mm-hmm. like bought their CD and then listened to it a ton and I was like, well this was fun and delightful. Mm-hmm. But it's like with any amount of thing you listen to over and over again, you're just like, yeah, I don't <laughs> yeah. I don't I can't keep listening to this, you know, as much as I love the Rain Man soundtrack. <laughs> mhm. You know, that normal, that normal thing that everyone listens to a lot. Mm-hmm. Since it's happening on the same day, they have to pick one activity to go uh-huh. to. And I love how they have this thing where it's like, oh, we just did a you thing, mm-hmm. where which is they went to the opera, mm-hmm. you know, and then Niles is like, but we rented Mrs. Doubtfire, but somehow he forgot that they actually rented the movie he wanted to get. Right, yeah. Tampopo, which I want to watch because I uh-huh. looked up what that was, which is a 1985 Japanese comedy, which apparently they were saying is a ramen western. I know, I saw that phrase too, and I was like, ramen western. But what? it has nothing really. I don't know, under, totally understand why it's called that because yeah. it's not a western, but it takes place in a ramen shop. Mm-hmm. But it I was really interesting. But yeah, like the And then they also they also listen to NPR on the way there and the way back. <laughs> yeah. And so they sort of decide that they're gonna go they're they're gonna go to Billy Joel. Uh-huh. But you know, Niles is not gonna go in the mosh pit, which is hilarious. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. that there would be a mosh pit at a Billy Joel concert. I keep yep. also wanting to say Billy Joe. Uh-huh. Which is the lead singer of Green Day. Yep. The thing is like I feel like there's a very obvious answer here and they'll eventually come to it, but I'm just like how how is no one considering the possibility that, like, they both just go to the things they like? Like, sometimes... But sometimes it's fun to do things as a couple. Sure. Yeah, I get that. But, like, if there's a thing... If there's a thing you're really into and I'm not, and a thing I'm really into and you're not, and I bought you tickets for the thing... What is a thing I'm really into and you're not? I don't My know. Little Pony? Yes. If If I bought you... Um, if I had bought you tickets to that My Little Pony Con thing... I don't want to go to that by myself. Who's going with me? I'm saying, if I had bought you tickets for that, and you bought me tickets for, like, some, like, I don't know... Hamilton. Hamilton, yeah. Like, 
I don't know when I became a millionaire, but okay. Yeah, but let's just say those things happened. And they happened to be for the same day. And we couldn't go to both. There's no way in the world either one of us would go to the other one's thing. We would find people. I would go to Hamilton with you. Uh, I'm saying, okay, these My Little Pony tickets or con tickets are going to waste. You don't get to go to a pony con. I'll give, I'll, that's fine. No, you would have got, what would happen is I would, I've got friends that would want to go to Hamilton. You've got friends that would probably, you probably, no. I bet if you asked that you've got people. I don't that would have want, any friends. I bet if you asked there are people no that would want to go to pony con and you, we would find people to go with. So we would all get to go to the things that we actually cared about. And neither one of us, put it this way. Neither one of us would be upset that the other one wanted to go to their thing. Maybe. I'd be upset you want to go to PonyCon with me. I'm upset right now under this reveal. I bought these tickets. I I wanted to go with you, but you happened to buy me Hamilton tickets. I'm not going to try. This is a complex situation. I'm saying I'm not going to try. Well, who even cares? Because someone's got to walk Gigi. (laughs) She goes out at 10 every night Uh uh to go look at bugs (laughs) Mm -hmm. and not move because she's a cat and she hates being on a harness. Mm-hmm. She looks at crickets every night at ten. Who's gonna take her? <laughs> I do like we see Martin. He's we we need to we kind of mention it. So this whole episode is just Martin's go got a job now. Yep, yep. and he's gonna it's be a his. Guy. So we get to see him in his little security outfit. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I'm saying it like that. So no. he looks nice. He's like ready to go to work. Niall starts talking to him about how. It might be hard for him to go back to work because it might bring back thoughts of mm-hmm. the incident we totally got wrong. Yeah, we totally got that wrong. Where, but it sounds like Niles might be having yeah trouble with him letting mm-hmm. Martin go because which, it was traumatic. Yeah, which makes sense. Like we've seen him in that episode Hot Pursuit where he like was really really nervous about Martin doing that stakeout. Did you look up the name of that episode, or you just remembered it? I did look it up. Okay. So yeah. I was really impressed. I remember the name of it. Yeah, but like I remembered it all happening. You know, yeah, it was where he like... makes some clam chowder. <laughs> yeah. Actual yeah. clam chowder. Yeah. That is legitimately how I found it. I was like, I Googled Fraser clam chowder, and that's how I. And then you out found what... a recipe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But like, we know he's nervous about the idea of Martin being on the job again, and clearly him getting shot upset him. So, he, like, this is interesting where he's trying so hard to talk about it and he clearly can't even though he's trying to frame it around Martin having a hard time. Which Martin doesn't seem to be having a hard time until Niles has brought this up. Yeah. So it's interesting. This actor that's playing Frank, I mm-hmm. know this actor. Yes. I meant to look up who he was. I definitely have seen him in other things as well. Okay. You should look him up. His name is Tom Irwin. I only recognize him. The only thing I know that I recognize him from is the movie Timer. Which is a really great movie, and you should check out the uh, TGI Date Night episode about it. It's a great movie. I really, really enjoy it. But uh, there, I, I did see a couple things that I thought you might recognize him from. Uh, one, he was in three episodes of Grey's Anatomy. Um, okay. But he was also in like 19 episodes of My So-Called Life. Oh, is he like the dad, a dad or something in that, or a teacher? All I know is his name is Graham Chase. I don't know who that is because I haven't watched the show, so I don't oh, know who. It must. Be, yeah, I think that's somebody. Yeah, that's his, that's the dad. Okay. Because I think like the I'm gonna get this wrong. I think it's Angela Chase is like what's her face's character. Mm-hmm. You know what's her face? I do. I didn't... Claire Danes. Yes, but I also really and it is Angela Chase. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So that's how I know him. Mm-hmm. 
Ugh. Yeah, so he's in every episode of My So-Called. I didn't realize there were only 19 episodes yeah, of My that's So-Called. Very, like, that's why I was trying to get you to watch it, because I wanted to talk to somebody about that. If you've watched that show, uh, any listeners, you can uh, you know, tweet me and we can yeah. talk about it. <clears throat> yeah, so anyway, we, we get a flashback scene, which you know it's a flashback scene because they do the flashback move, which is slow push in on Martin and a fade out. And it's like, this is such a like, this is a flashback shot. I love that part of that Bush song. Pushing. <laughs> okay. But it's I'm it's dumb. Okay, it was a machine head joke that didn't mm. land. So bye. <laughs> <laughs> bye forever. Um so you know his Frank, you know mm. has he mentioned Frank before? He I feel must like he's have mentioned Frank, yeah. We've just I never seen Frank. This. We haven't seen Frank, but I'm pretty sure he's mentioned. So it's Frank. like the end of the shift where mm-hmm. like he wanted to get this drink and he goes to the convenience store and there's like the robberies taking place and he gets shot. It's just like mm-hmm. a, a chance thing that happened. This yeah. could the fact that Martin was a cop mm-hmm. in this situation is almost like he could have just been a regular guy going home from work. I mean, I do wonder because he gets the fact that he gets shot in the situation makes me wonder if, like, he tried to do something. It, we never, he never says it. But I, he might have just gotten shot because he walks in. Maybe. But yeah, we don't actually know why he yeah. gets shot. They yeah. don't say. They don't say like, oh, he tried to like, restrain the person right. or help in some way. Yeah. All we know is he wanted Frank wanted a drink. He walks in. There was a robbery happening. He got shot. The one thing I think is interesting in this scene is seeing him walking without his cane and it's like it's easy to forget like the easy to forget the fact that you're watching him walk with a cane all the time that he's an actor walking with a cane all the time oh, yeah 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 until you see him not walking with a cane mm-hmm. and you're like oh yeah that's that's just how john mahoney walks mm-hmm. that's that's john mahoney walking in as mm-hmm. opposed to like john mahoney as injured martin crane like mm-hmm. acting injured mm-hmm I just thought that was a, an interesting little moment, and like you only see it for like two seconds in the in the scene, but mm-hmm. it's it's just a thing that's happening. So then Martin's getting ready to leave because he's gonna have a have a little you know dinner with his friends, but mm-hmm. he can't go yet. He go yeah, they're gonna do a party, do a party. Then we have like the other flashback, right? Yeah. Um, where we see his goldfish, <laughs> mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. I really like, and yeah. his goldfish, you know, Eddie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then we find out how Frank's like, you should get a real pet, <laughs> like a dog. And he's just like, I'm not really a dog person. Whoa, holy heck, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah, I know. That is kind of crazy. That, like, we've known Martin just as a dog person mm-hmm. for eight years. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, yeah, I don't really like dogs. And what? also like, Niles's hair. This is what? so good. I love this. I don't know what. I'm guessing they put some kind of hair piece. Yeah, on they him. gave him a hair piece so that he looks like Niles in season one, and it's so good because yeah, his hair's so long and it's so blonde, and there's so much more of it than in in. It looks really odd. Yeah. I think and it's his not. It's definitely bigger. Like his suit definitely like fits oh. bigger on him because he used to wear, the, wear those like bigger like. Oh yeah, yeah, suits. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's a lot of like. Yeah, I think they actually did a really good job. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it's just those... funny because, yeah, his hair was just so much brighter yeah. then. And, mm-hmm. like, yeah, his, his, I, yeah, they do an excellent job. And, yeah. and it's weird. It's only weird because he has less hair now. Right. But I think, like, it's spot on. Yeah. They, what they do with John Mahoney's hair is much more subtle. They definitely change it. Mm-hmm. It's like 
gray instead of white and mm-hmm. like so like they don't do much with his but yeah they they basically they make Niles look like season one Niles mm-hmm. who like it's easy to forget how dramatically different his hair was but mm-hmm. he had so much hair we find out that Martin really how much he's sort of upset that he can't bond with his sons mm-hmm. you know Fraser's not coming home for Thanksgiving uh he doesn't like Maris mm-hmm. and you know Niles comes in and says hey you got Maris's car booted and mm-hmm. He's like, I didn't even know it was Maris's car, but <laughs> uh-huh. he n- knew it was Maris's car because yeah. the license plate said Maris. Yeah. And I love that Frank is just like, oh, my mother's name was Maris. And like Niles is just like, um, I know you're lying. Like, he, we, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, you know, we can see through this. And yeah, it's yeah. just, you know, and then we find out later how he had like a bunch of people move her car closer mm-hmm. to the thing. Basically, so he had a reason to boot it. Like, that's kind of mean. This oh, yeah. is, like, pretty mean. Oh, yeah. No, definitely. It, it it's funny, mean. but it's it's Martin. Yeah, yeah. Like, you wonder why your sons might not like you. Like, I get that Maris is awful. Yeah. But, yeah, like, it, I and I actually really like later when we see the other flashback with Frank sort of getting really vulnerable and mm-hmm. saying i'm doing all these things to be a good dad now right yeah yeah I w- and yeah. you know like i kiss my children before they go off to school and mm-hmm. before they go to bed and mm-hmm. i sit and i do homework with them and just these little things and he's just like we get along better it's a better relationship just from doing these little things yeah and i'm listening better mm-hmm. and it's it's so funny because you see him and he's very like macho, right? But mm-hmm. then he's doing these like soft, tender things and it and it's nice. Mm-hmm. And so you can see in this moment where Martin isn't really doing that. Like yeah. he wants this, he's craving this connection with his sons mm-hmm. and he's not getting it. And right. he's he doesn't really know how to get it right yeah he isn't like he wants it but he isn't really doing anything that would bring him there instead he's Mm -hmm. booting maris's car yeah okay so there's a whole thing going on with who's gonna walk eddie right and it ends up being this huge like well i think roz is there now with the cake right not yet not yet this is this is when it's just um, yeah. So Niles gives these tickets, his tickets for the music festival to Fraser, and I love that we get the whole explanation of what throat singing is, mm-hmm. probably because, like you said, people probably didn't know what that was. Right, yeah. And uh, it, <laughs> I love like his thing about how it's like the Everly Brothers, uh-huh. and he's like, yeah, they shared a throat. <laughs> right. Yeah, it was pretty funny. Yep. Um but Eddie's got to be walked at 10. Who's going to walk him? Everyone's having this, like, fight. You yeah. know, Roz gets there with the cake. Then she gets roped into, mm-hmm. like, hey, obviously, you're going to walk the dog. And she's like, no, I don't want to do this. Right. Um, Not her job. Fraser tries to do kind of the opposite of what Kenny does in mm-hmm. the scene, where Kenny threatens her or, uh, based on her review to try and get her to do something. And, like, Fraser tries to say... You know, you you can't do that. It has to be based on the merits of her job. And then he's offering her a senior producer credit, basically, Mm -hmm. essentially a promotion for doing this same sort of gopher work that Mm -hmm. he was trying to defend her against. Yeah, yeah. And I love Martin gets this really mad. And he's like, you're not being supportive. Mm -hmm. Like you pretend everyone's just pretending to be supportive, but you won't even like walk the dog for me. Yeah. Which like I get his point. 
but it's really it's more less just like, about i think it's less about that and more about how it's making him feel yeah, so yeah, yeah. i do think fraser finds a very good reasonable way to do it which is i'm just gonna take out eddie now and then take him out when i get home yeah and somehow that's not okay and i'm like look when you have a pet sometimes things go off schedule for a day and mm-hmm. the pet might be confused but that is just that's just how life is yeah i don't know i guess it's not like got... every day he's gonna be doing this right like but i guess eddie's got a routine you gotta do it or he's gonna just like pee somewhere he's gonna pee somewhere even if he pees at, at like eight and midnight he's gonna pee at 10 i love that he's not martin's not in the party mood but he takes the cake with mm-hmm. him into into the bedroom uh-huh which i'm assuming he's just eating it with his hand maybe he's a bedroom fork in there he does like snacks martin has a bedroom fork martin has a bedroom fork well there's also so the thing i found interesting when they're trying to figure out who could walk eddie one of the suggestions they make is like mrs kurdsman who lives across the hall but where where he kind of points that's that's regan's apartment she moved out (laughs) i guess yeah of course mrs kurdsman can't do it because she's 94 but you know it's I don't. It, it was just like there's never been any mention of what happened with Regan, but like he definitely gestures in the general direction of where she moved out. It must be. It must be. Okay, this section title I do not get. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Took me a second, but I I I know what it is because the section title is she has big ones too. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, we're in Martin's room. Roz goes in, gives him a tie pin with some tiny handcuffs on it. Oh, yeah! Like she has like regular size handcuffs, right? Okay. Yes. Well, I mean, even Bulldog has those, <laughs> right? Yeah. In his trunk that he brings with him everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like, what, okay. One of my favorite things in this episode is when Roz opens the door to come in, and you hear Fraser in the background just yell, "Are you people insane? How can paper beat a rock?" I love that line. <laughs> it's so good because, like. It's one of those like little lines that I think f- makes you hear so much story mm-hmm. like of what's happening mm-hmm. out there with one line. Yeah, and yeah, it's yeah, done yeah. So that is, well. That's really funny. Yeah, I love this idea that Martin's talking about feeling useful because mm-hmm. he hasn't been able to do something mm-hmm. physically because he couldn't really. He had mm-hmm. to rest. He had mobility issues, mm-hmm. and I think as a society we have a lot of problems with. If you don't work a conventional job, if mm-hmm. you can't work a conventional job because you have mobility issues, people define their sort of like worth and, you know, usefulness mm-hmm. on having some kind of job. Yeah. And that's a shame mm-hmm. because that people have inherent value just existing. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't get to decide. Uh, it, it's. I guess it's like pretty complex, but it's just like I understand like Martin not feeling useful, but it's not like he's not right because like you could get in the whole thing of like what's usefulness. Mm-hmm. You know, he's there and he's helping Fraser, right? Like in time, sometimes he's not helping him, but you mm-hmm. know, like there's that. There's right. lots of ways to be useful that are not traditional. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also, you don't have to be what society considers useful to be valuable as a human being. Yeah. 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 So we get the 
flashback where they're checking out women. I love that he's like, oh, there's a code nine. But like, he's like, oh, she's a code seven at best. And mm-hmm. I'm like, there's not a huge difference between like a seven and a nine. So mm-hmm. does he really mean like she's actually a five? No, I think what he means. And it's is- also very weird to rate people's attractiveness levels because that is like so different for everyone that's yeah. looking at a person um, based on numerical values. Sure. Because, like, if you're a nine, people are like, well, why am I not a 10? Mm -hmm. And I think, like, that's weird. I think that's, like, weird and harsh. Mm -hmm. Like, because, like, if you're watching people in the Olympics and the scoring is, like, well, they fall down. Well, yeah, okay. So they Mm -hmm. got, they they messed up the routine, right? Mm -hmm. There's, like, they need to do these things in the routine to get points. Mm -hmm. But, like, as a person... It's mm-hmm. weird. It's weird to have a score based on your attractiveness. Yep. Okay. Well, moving on. Now. <laughs> um, so Frank, we hear the like he's talking about like not being able to see Fraser at Thanksgiving and mm-hmm. how Frank interprets this as you can't stand your kids, and he's saying no, my kids can't stand me. Yeah. And I kind of like this interesting moment we're having here, mm-hmm. where we're kind of we're talking out talking before and how. Frank had this divorce, and now he has to go see his hot family therapist. Mm-hmm. So it's funny how he's just like decided. I don't want to use a womanizer, but he kind of sees he's clearly a kind like, of. Well, he's, he's very a interested yeah. in women. Yeah, and so even though he's like calling the therapist hot, he's like, "Well, she's helping me mm-hmm. become a better father. Yeah, like a better person. Yeah, and he's giving this advice to Martin. And, yeah, and I think it's like." It's weird Martin's thinking about this and having these moments like lost in thought. Is it just now occurring to him and getting to him? I think what's happening here is that Martin has spent all of Fraser and Niles' lives failing to get through to them. And I think like it's one of those things where if you keep trying to do something, eventually you kind of like stop trying because it isn't worth the energy and the effort to do it. And I think he's reached that point because But that's literally what Frank says for him to do is make an effort. Right. And I think that's like this is the moment when he's realizing like he that he lost that he stopped. Like I think he's sort of realizing that he has stopped and it it's making the effort might change the thing as opposed mm. to just accepting it as just the way things are. And I also think we only see Frank this one time. This is a complex character. Yeah. He's a really interesting, complex character. This is like a really, I don't know why we keep getting these Martin episodes that are really sad. Yeah. They're like really sad mm-hmm. and like thoughtful and really, I guess, embellish like Martin as a character. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's why they were doing it because mm-hmm. they were like, well, I can't, the show can't just be all laughs all the time. Right. But we've been having a lot of this with Martin lately. Yes. So then everyone kind of goes in the bedroom right. and but oh okay sorry, that happens, sorry i think this because this is the important the most important thing that happens in this entire episode I think, okay is he has this conversation with frank and he makes that decision i'm going to do the things to re to reconnect with my sons mm-hmm. these are the things i am going to do and i'm and i'm going to start tonight mm-hmm. this is it mm-hmm. and then he gets shot oh mm-hmm. and that it it breaks everything he was planning on doing. The whole reason we spend we spent the last eight years watching him 
trying to figure out how to talk to Fraser, trying to figure out how to make this whole thing more, trying to find those connections is because at the moment he made a decision to do the things that might make an impact on all of them, he gets shot and it completely takes him away from that mm-hmm. thing. And I think that this is a very important, the fact that like, this is the day. Mm-hmm. And then we, it never happened. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so then we get back to current times and everybody going into the bedroom. Yeah, so it's kind of being decided that Niles is going to walk Addie, mm-hmm. right? And then, but then that gives him time. I love that somehow that gives him time to go to the concert with Fraser, mm-hmm. which thus creating who's going to walk Eddie again. Right, right. And then Roz is going to go to Billy Joel. Mm-hmm. And thus, you know, no one's here to walk Eddie. Right, right. Yeah. It's be- I think that's because, like, they keep fixating, like, the Eddie thing keeps then triggering a discussion about the concerts, mm-hmm. and then they solve the concert issues mm-hmm. and they forget that it was Eddie that was the big deal in the mm-hmm. first place, which kind of shows them not focusing on Martin. Yeah. Like, that's the whole thing, is they're not focusing on Martin, they're focusing on their own problems, mm-hmm. even though it's all about solving a problem for Martin, mm-hmm. they end up not doing that. And- yeah, and then we have kind of the flashback, again, where Martin's in the hospital and Frank's there. Mm-hmm. And Niles shows up and it's like a sort of awkward moment Yeah, where Frank's like, oh, I should go now. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. And Niles is barely in there until like visiting hours are over. And mm-hmm. I, do family have to leave during visiting hours? Uh, I, I think it depends. I think it depends. I don't entirely know what the rules are. I in don't terms either. Of- but, you know, it's this whole thing. But he, I guess Fraser's flying in and we get, you know, we got all this reactionary things. Mm-hmm. But nothing is, I don't know if any, like, touching moment is real. It's just awkward and strange. Right. And I think that's the point. We don't, he was supposed to try and reach out. He made the decision to try and, and reach think, out like, and he Frank never does And I think, like, Frank is even it. being like, this is your moment to yeah. do the thing and I'm going to leave you alone to yeah. let you do it and, and nothing then, happens. Mm-hmm. And then um, there's still, so we get back to present times and still arguing about Eddie mm-hmm. and Martin's kind of like had enough yeah. and he goes in there and we have that moment because like, isn't that, that's kind of interesting because Wine Club is the episode where Martin goes in there. Doesn't he go in there and yeah, like yeah. yell at them too? So we have that moment again and I love how like ashamed they look and they yeah, go yeah. over there. He's having a he's having a moment when he's a dad talking to yeah. his boys. His, which his is dad like, moment. And yeah. so you think he's he's gonna really lay it on and be like, you know, I can't believe you're making this all about you. Mm-hmm. And all he does is like kiss them on the cheek and say, uh-huh. I'm gonna be home late, you know, don't worry about me. Right. And he leaves. And it's very like I'm getting all like like know, emotional right now. Like it's very touching, sweet moment because mm-hmm. yeah, they were just like slack jawed like mm-hmm. shock yeah which yeah yeah and and i i do think it's interesting because that means like he's finally doing the thing you're supposed to have been doing for nearly nine years mm-hmm. it's like he's he did it he yeah. decided to do it nine years ago and he mm-hmm. finally did it yeah it's and a powerful moment it is and then we get the final scene you got eddie just Pacing by the door, trying to dig out of the door. <laughs> uh-huh. Fraser, Fraser's home finally. Eddie just runs out into the mm-hmm. elevator, and the elevator door is closed, which has happened before mm-hmm. with Eddie. Just you know, he knows where he's going. Yeah, the last time that happened, they hit the button, and the door just opened again. But like thirty seconds later, way after the elevator definitely should have just left. Sometimes you know the elevator's just hanging out on the floor. 
I guess, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that didn't happen this time. Nope. Nope. He really had to go. <laughs> he had to go, yeah. Yeah. You gotta get Daphne and her psychic powers are gonna have to find him again. <laughs> yep. Yep. I All I know is I really hope Frazier does find him. Because mm-hmm. like, it's so, like, the whole thing is he decides to do this because he finally realizes he needs to do this thing for Martin and then Eddie runs away. I'm like, oh... It would be so upsetting, like, if he didn't actually do the thing. Like, if Eddie got away and, like, mm-hmm. he doesn't find him or something, that would be upsetting. I mean, that's not going to happen. I know. But I I'm mean, sa- I hope I not. mean, not, not, not find him again, but, like, not find him before Martin gets home. Uh, yeah, that would be upsetting. Why do you have to make it double sad, Dave? Because I'm saying, I don't know. I just, I, I just think about, I can't help but think about the way plots build, would build out. Like, the, mm-hmm. like the next steps. The parts we aren't supposed to think about. Okay, now on this happy note, drinks. Drinks. Um, All right, so uh, there's some coffee. Uh, There's one slushy that had some, like, I think pork rinds in it. Uh, Put pork rinds in it? No, I think it got in it from, because he's eating pork rinds and drinking the slushy. I think that's the thing. He's like, this one's got rinds in it. Mm -hmm. I think it means pork rinds. And then, of course, is the slushy that he never got to buy. Mm -hmm. And something in a thermos. Clam chowder. (laughs) Might be clam chowder, yeah. We actually have a collar. Oh, I do like those photos that they take of Martin with the thermos. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's cute. Yeah. So we finally got a collar. Mm-hmm. You know, Tom from Woodenville, played by uh, Anthony Edwards. Oh. Who, of course, we all know as Jonathan in the movie Gotcha. <laughs> um, Nothing but, else. But, yeah, I mean, he's in some more obscure roles like uh, like Revenge of the Nerds mm-hmm. and uh he was Goose in Top Gun. Mm-hmm. He was uh, in ER. You know, he was in that one uh, summer movie promo on Comedy Central where they always called him Slamming Tony Edwards. And so I always think of that when he's when mm-hmm. I when I hear his name. Uh, yeah, no, he's in, he's been a few other things. Slamming, Slamming Tony Edwards. I yeah. wish that we had announcements like that. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Me too. I was going to ask what's the good word, but I think we already know what's the good word. It's well, temperance. Yeah, which is an interesting way to say it because, you know, it seems like a good word. It is a good word. Like, yeah. a good, I mean, like from the good book or yeah. something. You know, it is. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I think that's part of the reason that the temperance movement used a lot of like biblical stuff. Ah. So that makes sense. Though it's funny, the word temperance seems to be all about moderation and everything. Yeah, if you actually look it up, the first definition is like abstaining from alcohol. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but I think that came from the temperance movement, which mm-hmm. was all about which used that which is the word that meant moderation, and then it mm-hmm. became the term for none at all ever. Yep. And yeah. Anyway, so I guess let's rate the episode. Okay. What do you want to rate it? Well, I was going to give it actually a much lower rating. Mm-hmm. Okay, weirdly, I don't think this episode is like the best or most interesting episode mm-hmm. of Frasier. Mm-hmm. But I think the story is very good. So as like an episode, it's, I think, actually kind of low. Mm-hmm. I want to say like it's a 2.5 episode. Oh, wow. Or like maybe a three. Mm-hmm. But talking about this it's like a really powerful and touching episode so Mm -hmm. i'd rather just give it like a four Mm -hmm. um but it's not i don't show up to fraser to watch this kind of episode Uh it's fine but it doesn't like stick out to me as like there are other episodes that are like sad and powerful that 
are more interesting to watch mm-hmm. than this one. Mm-hmm. And even though, and I think like the reason why I like this one a lot is because we're talking about it and mm-hmm. like I think there's powerful moments in it. So I'll give it a four, you know, Eddie the Goldfish. Nice, nice. I, yeah, I, this has a similar thing to what. Also, oh, what happened to Eddie the Goldfish? <laughs> I'm assuming goldfish things happened to Eddie the Goldfish. Okay, turn into crackers. All right, yes. cool. Um, I, yeah, so this definitely has similar things to The Return of Daphne, where you kind of have these moments where it's like people are sad and hurt and, and then there's growth. But this, there's less about people being like actively jerks. They're just sort yeah. of like, they make mistakes, but they're not like saying hurtful, like actively hurtful things. Like the thing you care about is bad. Mm-hmm. It's just they're, they're slipping up, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, so, I just I just want this to be a funny. I just want it to be funny. Yeah, but I I really like I like the growth. I like the it's a, yeah. the character growth that ha- that happens in it. I th- the thing is I think stuff like this is the reason why people care about these characters in ways that they I think don't it's important from- as a show and a series. Yeah, I don't think it's important as a standalone episode sure. by itself. Sure. Yeah. Um, either way, yeah. I'm. Uh, I was. I'm gonna give this one a, a three point nine out of five. Monica's. Monica's the one that Tom was gonna marry. Who- oh. Oh. Yeah. Well. I hope she got a goldfish. <laughs> you too. And then that brings us to the part of the episode called We're Listening, where we respond to messages you can send us on Twitter at Fraser Podcast or by email at FraserPod at gmail.com. Uh, we got an email from Sean Holland about the first temptation of Daphne, where he said, I always love the stuff with the cricket because of a story that happened to me as a kid. In fourth grade, I had a class project to collect insects, and I caught a cricket. So we put nail polish remover on it and put it in a plastic bag in the freezer like my teacher told me to. Uh, And I got home and the cricket had chewed through the bag and escaped the freezer. Uh, He was halfway up the stairs in the basement. So I'm always respectful of crickets and their ability to escape danger. Wow. Wow. That's impressive. That is impressive. I've got questions because like what what kind of freezer did how did it open the door? Strong. It's a strong. strong. I mean crickets are pretty strong. I got like 17 legs unless it's like one of those uh like freezer chests and maybe it doesn't have a top like like because oh, mm-hmm, maybe mm-hmm. It's something like that but i'm just like how, yeah because how did you how did it how it just slipped through it shimmied out <laughs> it shimmied out it just like kind of pushed the uh mm-hmm. like the, the rubber mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. seals away it shoots like, through a bag it probably just chewed through the freezer <laughs> it's just probably just yeah like a huge hole in the door <laughs> mm-hmm Oh, I didn't talk about the so the because I talked about the ratings we gave the episode, but not, but there's the average our average ratings for these writers. Okay. So Dan O'Shannon's isn't going to change very much. It's his was a three point nine eight, and uh, Bob Dale is going to go up a bit because his is a three point three nine zero two five five eight. Do you need to say that again? No, but but it's sad because no one's going to hear you laughing. You were definitely laughing, but it was a laugh cough, so we can't. So, so you have no reaction to it currently. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you give you give those significant digits. I gotta keep them. So. I okay. Well, do you, are you keeping in the part about my laugh cough? No. Well, no one's gonna know why I gave a fake laugh. But we're gonna keep that part in. No, the part that you just said, not the cough I just cut out again. Okay. Anyway, uh, anything else you wanted to say on this? No. <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> we gotta stop. Diana's dying. All right. Uh, so uh, with that, this has been episode nine hundred four, the return of Martin Crane, and this is TGIF Arcade wishing you all good mental health.